Trail Correspondence, presented by The Trek, is brought to you by Hyperlite Mountain Gear, manufacturers of quality backpacks, tents, tarps, and accessories made in Biddeford, Maine. It's hard to walk down a long trail without crossing paths with one of these stark white or black Dyneema composite fabric, formerly known as Cuban fiber, backpacks. I've personally used their Windrider 2400 pack and have loved it. It's hard not to love DCF products. It's the unicorn fabric for backpackers, as it's waterproof, lightweight, and durable. If you've listened to our flagship podcast, Backpacker Radio, you probably recognize the name Hyperlite Mountain Gear, as many of our guests have used their products. Launching today, March 14th, is Hyperlite Mountain Gear's latest offering, the Deerigo 2, a fully featured two-person Dyneema trekking pole shelter weighing in at Get this, just 27 ounces. The shelter features an interior space of 32 and a half feet and a peak height of 45 inches, interior walls constructed with no CM mesh and a vestibule that extends 20 inches at the outermost points. Our managing editor, Maggie Slepian, got a sneak peek at the shelter recently and you can find her raving review of the shelter on thetrek.co and of course, we will include this in the show notes. Head on over to hyperlightmountaingear.com to shop their array of packs, shelters, and accessories. Okay, to the show. Really what a thru-hike requires. It requires sacrifice. What I've sacrificed to do this thru-hike. Sacrifices. Sacrifice. Sacrificed. Is it worth it? with our correspondents to see what they wanted to talk about before taking off for their through hikes as you may imagine their responses were all over the map as they are soon to be given they were due to hit the trail soon and their emotions were likely hitting a fever pitch i gave them free reign to talk about whatever subjects were most top of mind for them today's show is our first wildcard episode for season two a few of the themes you can pull from the forthcoming recordings Include what they've sacrificed to make this hike happen, the thing they've been too afraid to talk about publicly that they'll be disclosing for the first time on this show, their outlook on society at large and how that's influenced their desire to thru-hike, their finances, other people's reactions, life on the home front, and so much more. This show covers a lot of ground and elicits some pretty raw emotion. And this is why I think it's a perfect peek into the mind of someone who's leaving one world behind and about to enter into another. So, without further ado, here it is. Enjoy. Hey, Backpacker Radio, this is Melissa, and I am recording from Wilmington, Delaware. It is currently February 22nd, which means that I am two weeks from leaving for my thru-hike of the Appalachian Trail. I'm starting to completely lose my mind, but this is our first wildcard episode, and so I'm going to talk to you guys about kind of my outlook on society and why that helped me make my decision to thru-hike and something that I'm really nervous about on trail. So basically, 
If you haven't been living under a rock recently, uh, our country has gone through some major changes. Um, I think that social media and the constant cycle of news has been really exhausting to a lot of people. Um, and that includes me. I had to delete a lot of people off of Facebook. I deleted my Twitter. At one point, I deactivated my Facebook because the negativity and, yeah, just the constant negativity was grating. And I could very easily get into a downward spiral. Um, I ended up, I well, I got a new job and... I had to call out the first week of work because of something that happened in the news that really got to me, which was completely humiliating because I, I, I never call out of work ever. <laughs> so it's been a lot. And my faith in society is just at a record low. So that has played a huge part in my decision to go through hike. I keep, I, I keep joking with people like, you know, something happens on the news and I'm like, well, that's why I'm going to live in the woods for five months. So to go along with that, I'm nervous that there will be political discourse on trail. I would love to live in an ideal world where every through hiker has the same political opinion and we are all lovely and holding hands in a meadow of roses but that's not what the world is like i'm sure i'm going to meet people who have very different opinions than me and it'll be up to me and the people around me to be tolerant and hear the differences I don't ever want to get into an altercation, obviously not physically, just like um, a, a vocal altercation, um, because that's not why I'm coming out on trail. I'm not coming out on trail to get in political arguments with people. I'm going out on trail to avoid that. I just want it to be a safe space, and I want to feel like I'm in a safe space. So I guess my worry is that it won't feel like that and I'll have to be on guard a lot and watch what I'm saying. So yeah, um, that kind of wraps up my views and something that I'm nervous about. <laughs> um, so yeah, the next time you will hear from me will be when I am en route to Georgia. And I cannot wait to talk to you guys then. Hey everybody, it's Frozen and thanks for tuning in. Today I want to talk a little bit about the sacrifices that I had to make in order to attempt an Appalachian Trail through hike this year. I think the biggest one and most obvious one, not only for me, but probably any through hiker out there, is giving up the job, giving up the stable career or the business or whatever your situation may be and following a dream that you may or may not complete. You know, there is no guarantee that any of us are actually going to finish 
eight through hike this year. No guarantee whatsoever. It could be you know an illness, an injury, just the fact that we don't like hiking anymore. It could be anything that takes us off the trail this year. And that's, I think, the adventure part. Like, you know, will we make it? And what are we going to experience along the way? That really draws me into through hiking. It's the challenge. Can I get to the end? And what am I going to experience in between? I think a lot of us seem to focus on just the future. You know, we want to get to retirement. We want to hit age 65 so we can go see the world. Well, I chose to see the world now. I want to experience the most adventurous thing that I've ever done and just see what happens. You know, I have been depressed for a very long time now and I just didn't want to get out of bed to do something that I used to love doing. I used to love working with computers and networking components, which is what I do at did, which is what I did at my career, you know, for 14 years, same company for 14 years. And it's really hard to just to give that stability up. But once you kind of accept the fact that you want to do this more than just doing the daily grind and being a slave to the clock, slave to the nine to five, then you kind of start accepting it. Another major sacrifice, and there's some minor ones that we're not going to get into, but the next major sacrifice is I knew my brother-in-law and sister were expecting a child um, this year. However, I had already started planning the through hike as of last year. And they recently came to me and asked me to be the godfather of my future niece. And uh, obviously I agreed and I would be happy to, but you know, it's something that I'm not super happy about missing. Uh, you know, if I could, would have known uh, this earlier, perhaps I would have just done it next year or maybe last year. Who knows? Who knows what would have happened? But that was a huge sacrifice to me, and it sucks that I'm going to miss the birth of my future niece. But, you know, once you start planning something, once you start dreaming about something and you want it bad enough, you really can't make any exceptions. You just have to kind of push through everything. So, like I said, there are plenty of other little minor sacrifices here and there, but those were the two major ones that I can really just put my thumb on right now off the top of my head. And that's really what a through hike requires. It requires sacrifice. So keep that in mind, everybody, and I'll see you in the next one. everyone, it's Katherine Rudzidis and I leave for the Appalachian Trail in 37 days. Today I'd like to talk about some of the thoughts swirling around in my head as I start to tell people who don't already know, explain the reasons for my hike, share what I'm doing with my team at work because they don't know yet and all that good stuff. One thing that surprised me is I'm usually pretty confident in my decisions and what I want to do and pretty comfortable with what I decide. I, I tend to be more internally validated than externally validated, but for some reason, oh, this is hard. For some reason, I'm caring a little too much about what people think than I think I should right now. Almost everyone is really supportive, but I know some of them are thinking, oh, this is crazy. What a strange thing to do. 
And the fact that they're not 100% on board is getting to me. And again, that's, that's weird because it usually doesn't bother me and I'm not sure why, but that's something I'm, I'm trying to think through and figure out kind of why it's getting to me. Is it because if I fail and they didn't think it was a good idea, it's kind of proving them right? Is it now my self-worth is kind of tied up in this crazy adventure? I'm not sure, I'm still figuring it out. Although on the other hand, it's now extra motivation to finish the trail and get through it in a pretty good time and not have any major issues. So I guess that's that's good motivation. In order to combat that and some of my kind of annoying feelings leading up to my hike next month, I think this is what I'm deciding. I am not going to stop unless there is some kind of medical necessity. I literally cannot keep on walking to finish the trail. That's kind of, that's the first time I'm telling myself this. And now that I'm telling everyone else this, hopefully that'll keep me a bit accountable. But I, I really, really want to do this. And I don't want something like feeling a bit lazy or not budgeting properly. I don't want that to hold me back. So this is me telling you, Unless I break my leg or something terribly unfortunate, I will summit Katahdin in probably September. And then if something does go wrong, I'll just have to go back and finish it up. So we'll cross that bridge if I get to it, but hopefully not. Wow. Yeah, say, saying that a lot makes me feel a little bit better because now I don't really have a choice. I guess part of the reason I'm struggling is I've decided to take on this crazy goal instead of being comfortable and continuing in something that I like. I'm going to be doing something completely different that I have not really done before and I don't have a good benchmark on how it's going to go. So I'm making a big change with no idea of what happens afterwards. So I think it's really the confusion about my plan afterward that's getting to me. But now that I know I'll finish the 18 no matter what, I guess I can figure that all out later. And maybe I need to, I think, I, think what, I think what it also is, is I need to let go of the idea of hiking the AT well and think of it more as actually finishing something. Like, if you run a marathon, that is amazing. It does not matter if you are incredibly fast or average or slow. You did a marathon, which so few people actually do. So really what I'm saying is I'm telling myself that I will go on this crazy, life-changing six-month adventure. And it doesn't really matter how it goes. All that matters is that I keep putting one foot in front of the other until the end. And then I will tackle what comes next. So no, no cold feet here. I'm going to do this. Unless something out of my control, like I said, like medically unable to continue, I'm going to do this. I'm going to get it done. And then I will plan my life afterward. Or maybe I'll get the hiking bug and just keep hiking forever and postponing all the other stuff. Who knows? I don't mean to be heavy. I'm just telling you, this is what is on my mind on this rainy and cold Thursday. But at least now I know that I'm, I'm going to get it done. So I'll talk to you on the trail. This is Kenneth Burrow coming to you from another rainy morning here in late February. It's definitely starting to notice a bit of a theme here weather-wise. It's going to be a wet year on the trail. I uh, wanted today to talk to you about two things that are sort of framing my uh, abstract considerations for the Appalachian Trail this year. Um, those two things are commitment and disruption. 
um, since I haven't obviously started the trail yet, uh, these are sort of the themes I think that I keep returning to uh, that are really egging me on to get on the trail, the things that I'm kind of hoping intellectually are, are stimulated through the whole experience. And so a long time ago, I saw this TED Talk called The Paradox of Choice, which was sort of like a fancy exploration of the idea of FOMO from like a, an older generation. Um, and so I feel like my generation in particular is kind of uh, like a subject to like that paralysis by analysis type thing where we worry about um, making the right choice uh, because there's such an abundance seemingly of options. And uh, I really like um, the idea of choosing to do something, committing to it, and then seeing it through to the very end. Uh, I think last night when I was laying in bed thinking about the idea of FOMO, which I think is kind of uh, uh, a dumb word, uh, I, I kind of transfigured the, the letters of it and came up with MOFO, uh, which is like move on and forget options. So like don't get uh, in a rut because you're thinking about what you could be doing. Just like decide that you have committed to something and see it through. So that's one thing that I'm really excited about. Um, just to really, really dive into something that is a huge, huge difficulty and to the best of my ability to see it through to the end. Uh, I've done a few things in my life that required that kind of uh, <laughs> mofo attitude where uh, things things might have gotten hard, um, but you just had to persevere and keep going. And thankfully, with something like the Appalachian Trail, you know, um, as long as you keep moving, you'll eventually arrive. So if you get in a hard spot or like, uh, wish that I guess you were done sooner than you were, uh, the best thing to do is to, to move on and just keep walking. And, uh, so the solution and the problem are really, really close to each other. So that's one thing that I'm excited about in, in sort of an abstract level. And the other thing is disruption. And so I'm 29 and I don't really have like a firm belief that turning 30 is necessarily some sort of a turning point, but having lived th for three decades, um, that is a fair amount of time. And I certainly don't feel like I'm almost 30 years old, but there's no doubt that, uh, I am about to be, you know, more adult than I've ever been. And so rather than just continuing down the very straight linear line that I've kind of been traveling my whole life, uh, you know, went to school, uh, that, that being like high school and all those, uh, schools and then college and then got a job. And again, now I'm almost 30. So it's like time to kind of decide if, uh, that as a commitment is something that I want to continue down that same road, uh, pursuing, you know, I'm not sure about how I wanted to approach family life for myself, like having children, getting married, um, continuing with like a very, uh, I wouldn't say normal career, but for lack of a better word, just like something, I guess, uh, you know, um, something conventional. Um, so I'm looking forward to this period of time where I can disrupt my, my, all my like habits and patterns that have really, really been hard grained into me over, you know, nearly three decades and to do it in such a foreign 
uh, environment, I think will really put everything into sharp relief. Um, you know, I think ultimately, uh, I don't expect something like a revelation to occur or anything like that, but just the mere fact that, you know, you're separated for such a vast amount of time doing something that is so, you know, sharply alien to your daily rhythms. I just think it's going to really give me, uh, just a perspective that will really help to guide me, uh, through the next years of my life. So, you know, take that for what it's worth, I suppose. Uh, about to have to go get ready and walk to work. I think today is going to be the first day I walk to work with my fully loaded pack. So I can start to really acclimate my body to carrying that amount of weight. So wish me luck. Uh, hope I stay dry. And this is uh, Kenneth again, negative 70 miles on the Appalachian Trail. Until next time. Bye. Hello, hello. This is The Flats coming to you from the city of Somerville, South Carolina. We just got back a few days ago from a four-day shakedown hike in Jones Gap State Park in Upper South Carolina. It went really well, and we learned an additional amount of information about our gear from this hike. But today, I want to talk to you about the sacrifices I had to endure to make this through hike happen. First off, my husband and I have an 11-year-old black lab, which means the world to us. Unfortunately, he is not coming on this trip with us due to age and his persona. He is a very anxious dog that doesn't do well with change, so he's currently back in South Dakota. Leaving Hallis, our puppy, was one of the most difficult and emotional things John and I have had to go through. We haven't been apart from him for probably more than about two weeks, and that is when we went on our honeymoon to Jamaica back in 2009. Now, we have had other vacations where we have had to leave him, but they've only been for maybe a week tops, and we know we'll see him in a few days. The day we left, there were a lot of heavy hearts and tears because we knew we had to leave South Dakota in our van to come to South Carolina for our practice hikes for an entire month. So this means we wouldn't be able to see him again until we finish our through hike in about six months. Now, a new development has also occurred with Hallis, which actually made us rethink our hike completely. Uh, There was a chance we were going to cancel it altogether. The person we had watching our dog for the last month um, just up and decided he didn't want to do it anymore uh, last week, just out of the blue. So we've been scrambling, trying to find someone to take him last minute, which can be really difficult. Um, The whole point of this person watching him for us was so that Hallis could be comfortable in the house and with the other dog, so the transition was easier and he felt like it was his home. Now he's being ripped from the second home to go to a strange new place. And, you know, like I said, he's a very anxious dog, and when he gets like that, he doesn't eat very well, so we are quite concerned. Luckily, a sweetheart of a friend of ours can take him last minute in the short term, and that is okay with us because we know he will get the love and care from her that he would have been lacking in the other scenario. So we are going to be monitoring the situation closely and bring you updates. Uh, The other major sacrifice we have had to make to attempt this through hike uh, is to watch our finances closely. We have stopped eating out, buying latte coffees throughout the week, purchasing unneeded items, you know, going to the movies, and generally just wasting money um, so that we can save it to be able to take these two gap years in our lives. The AT is just one part of the adventure we will be undertaking. 
Lastly, a minor sacrifice that I had to make was to stop practicing my acoustic guitar. I recently learned how to play the guitar, and I'm not very good, but seven months away from it will mean my calloused fingers will no, be no more and that I will have to relearn all the chords and all that stuff. So this is a sacrifice I am willing to make, though, uh, to hike the AT. And actually, I'm going to bring a guitar pick with me, as I hear there are many guitars in like the different hostels and B&Bs that hikers can play. So I'm kind of excited about that. But with sacrifice comes reward. And as H. Jackson Brown Jr. said, 20 years from now, you will be more disappointed by the things you didn't do than by the, the ones you did do. So to truly live life is a rare thing because so many just experience life from the sidelines. As always, get out, let's all get out, and live the adventure. Hey folks, this is Travis, soon to be northbounder on the Appalachian Trail. Last fall, when I told my mom about my AT thru-hike aspirations, she quizzically asked, why would you want to do something so hard? She asked this because she knew how rotten my 2018 was and how many sacrifices had been required of me. So this monologue is not about the sacrifices I've made to go on the AT, but rather it's about the sacrifices I've made that have inspired me to go. Without even stepping on trail, the AT has helped me through some difficult recent times. It's provided a hope for the future that has made all the difference in my outlook and my attitude. It's already saving me. The last thing I want is to come across as complainy, but part of being a trail correspondent is sharing things with strangers, which is a totally new experience for me and it's pretty daunting, but here goes. Last year, I had four major life events that inspired my AT through hike. My father passed away on Easter Sunday. In August, I sold and moved from the home where I'd lived for nine years. In September, I ended a 14-year relationship. In October, I sold the business my father and I were partners in. Needless to say, 2018 was jarring. I honestly could not wait for 2019 to begin, even though, in some ways, 2018 is still hanging on. Navigating these events has been emotionally exhausting and honestly has left me desperate to regain some control in my life. So I'm being very deliberate about my thru-hike, even though, ironically, I'm aware of how the trail will be the one wielding the control. I'm just weary of being beholden to so many others, people, forces in my life. I don't harbor illusions I can just check out of relationships or even obligations. I mean, I know life exists beyond the AT, but it's the near constant adapting to the lives of everyone else, their schedules, their careers, whims, feelings, etc. And amidst all these radical life changes, I've lost sight of my own goals, which has prompted me to make some new ones. I need the AT. I don't harbor any illusions that it needs me, but I fear cynicism will creep into my life if I don't devote some real time to not being a sounding board. And I need to be unplugged for a while. And maybe selfishly, maybe then some people will have to wait on me because I understand that cell service is not too great in the green tunnel, which is a damn shame. The AT is not just my escape, it's my reset. It's the shaper of new perspective and the source of renewed confidence in humanity. It represents new life and is the ultimate form of therapy. By hook or by crook, I will embrace what lies ahead on trail, 
because regardless of the difficulties, it's better than what's behind me. Thanks for tuning in. This is Travis signing off. Hi to all you wonderful listeners of the Trail Correspondence Podcast. This is Nancy. And today I'd like to talk about a few things that have been circling around in my brain. One thing is something a little bit uncomfortable to think about, and it's probably age-related, but I absolutely hate getting up to pee in the middle of the night when I'm camping. Picture this, snuggled into my sleeping bag, it's raining, it's cold, and I'm now awake because my bladder is mumbling, get up, but my sleepy brain says, no. I then have a debate between my sleepy brain and an urge to pee until I finally can't ignore it any longer. Get up now. I then start the process of finding my headlamp and rain jacket, unzipping my warm cocoon, unzipping my hammock, putting on my shoes and jacket, then either finding the privy or walking far enough away so I'm not seen or heard by my fellow hikers who were probably awakened by all my unzipping. Then reverse the whole process. I am zipped back into my hammock now and zipped back into my sleeping bag, but I'm now wide awake. Yuck. Something else I've been thinking about is an observation of something going on in our society right now, and it's what I call a lack of civil conversation. It seems like there are an awful lot of people who are doing a lot of talking, but I'm not sure that there's a lot of listening going on. So one of the things I'd like to work on while I'm on the trail is to improve my listening skills. And finally, I'd like to read a poem. And this poem had a positive effect on me when I was making my decision to attempt a through hike. It is called The Dash Poem, written by Linda Ellis. I read of a man who stood to speak at the funeral of a friend. He referred to the dates on her tombstone from the beginning to the end. He noted that first came the date of her birth and spoke of the following date with tears, but he said what mattered most of all was the dash between those years. For that dash represents all the time that she spent alive on earth, and now only those who loved her know what that little line is worth. For it matters not how much we own, the cars, the house, the cash. What matters is how we live in love and how we spend our dash. So think about this long and hard. Are there things you'd like to change? For you never know how much time is left that can still be rearranged. If we could just slow down enough to consider what's true and real and always try to understand the way other people feel and be less quick to anger and show appreciation more and love the people in our lives like we've never loved before. If we treat each other with respect and more often wear a smile remembering that this special dash might only last a little while. So when your eulogy is being read with your life's actions to rehash, would you be proud of the things they say 
about how you spent your dash? This is Nancy signing off. It's Sarah Herman, and I'm checking in from Philly. Today, I'm going to talk about things on the home front. Um, Things here the past couple of weeks have been stressful. Um, I'm finding my overall motivation for, you know, just daily life tasks has been kind of lacking. Um... I think the anticipation leading up to this kind of drastic life change um, is just affecting me differently than I'd foreseen. Um, I kind of expected to, you know, keep getting more excited, um, you know, the closer that it got and to keep, you know, up like a strong momentum and feeling really great about everything. Um, But honestly, I think we're just in a weird waiting game right now. Um, mostly everything here has been you know, pretty well accomplished or there are things that I can't do yet. Um, you know, like selling mostly all of our stuff. We're, we're slowly paring down, but, you know, we can't get rid of everything while we're still living here and working here. Um, so, you know, things like that, it's just, we're just waiting. Um, and I'm finding it hard to, I guess, find things of meaning during this period. Um, so things that were difficult are getting a little bit more difficult. Um, I handed in my letter of resignation at work and that could have made things more tense than I imagined. Um, you know, I thought that would relieve some stress, but unfortunately it's kind of just added more stress to the situation. Um, so things have have just felt a little bit off. Um, and I'm sure, you know, in the two or three weeks, you know, right before the trail, that excitement's going to come back. The the butterflies, the, you know, kind of anticipation will be positive again. Um, and I'm just ready for that point. Um, but right now, you know, we're still, we're a little bit over a month out. Um, I think like 39 days away. Um, so yeah, just finding purpose in this waiting period has been a little bit difficult. Um, but I... I'm hopeful that things will progress in a more positive manner. Um, Certainly trying. So I'll check in again with you soon. But it's Sarah Herman from Philly. Hey, what's going on, Trail Correspondents? This is Zach Bunsell, and I'm checking in from Somerville, Massachusetts. I'm currently sitting in my bedroom in my apartment. It's uh, getting towards the end of February, and I begin my hike of the Pacific Crest Trail on March 22nd, so I'm about a month away. And today I'm going to talk about sacrifices um, that I'm making in my life before getting on the Pacific Crest Trail. 
So the first one, and I know it's near and dear to everyone, um, so everyone's going to talk about it, but family, uh, that is my first big sacrifice. And to be more specific, uh, I have three nephews, ages five, four, and two. Uh, There's Calvin, Lyndon, and uh, Will. And uh, yeah, it's it's starting to feel like a big sacrifice that I'll be leaving them for six months as they're all young, formidable ages. Um, it's pretty crazy. Sometimes, even though I'm living, you know, less than two hours from all of them, um, it, it feels like if I don't see them for a month, they, they grow up so quickly. You know, it's not like a friend from a college. If you don't see them for five years, they're still basically the same person they were back in the day um you don't see one of these little guys for a month and all of a sudden they're speaking new words speaking in full sentences they look really different and i'm just getting kind of scared thinking about the fact that i'm not going to see them for a matter of six months um and i'm going to miss out on a lot of development and a lot of interests and things that they're picking up and getting excited about and it's always really exciting to me um, to get to see them and be able to talk with them or just spend time with them and learn about, you know, what's new in their lives because everything's so new to them. Um, so, yeah, it's it's uh, starting to get really real, the fact that I'm not going to see them for so long. And there's actually another baby on the way in my family that's due tomorrow. <laughs> my brother's having his second child. Um, so I'm going to get to see her just a few times over the next month and then I'm going to miss the first six months of her life which is you know also really weird to me um and yeah and I know it really sucks so that's a huge sacrifice um but I think we're we're all lucky in the fact that FaceTime exists so at least there's that I think I'll be making it a point to check in with all of my family and um my brother and sister uh, who have the kids and uh, try to stay in better contact even while I'm out there than maybe I do now just to kind of make up for being thousands of miles away. Um, but yeah, pretty pretty simple yet complicated <laughs> thing that I'll be sacrificing. Um, more specific to me, I would say the fact that I've been on a ketogenic diet for the past four years Um, And when I get on the trail, I know I'm not going to be able to uphold that. That's kind of a daunting thing that I'm dealing with right now. Um, And for those of you not familiar, a ketogenic diet just means that you eat less than 25 grams of carbs per day. So that's like half a banana or a Lara bar. I've never even had a Lara bar, so I don't know why I brought that up. Um, But yeah, it's just like a really intensive diet that I started four years ago. And like ever since then, I like lost a bunch of weight and just feel better mentally. Um, and I'm pretty nervous about what's going to happen to me when I start, you know, reintroducing a lot of carbohydrates, which I plan to do uh, while I'm out on the trail because I just know it's such a good energy source. And I've tried hiking uh, in the past on a pure ketogenic diet, and it's really, really difficult, unfortunately. Um, so. Yeah, I know it's not as serious of a subject as not seeing my family for so long, but it's it's something I'm thinking about. Anyways, yeah, to wrap it up, I'm going to, you know, be sacrificing my relationship with my nephews in a way, which is really getting to me. 
Um, I'm going to miss out on the first six months of my new niece's life, but I'm going to try and be there as much as I can. And then, you know, real importantly, I'm going to eat carbs. (laughs) So yeah, I think that about says it. Anyways, this has been Zach Munsell. Um, I will catch you a little further on down the trail. Thanks, guys. Hey, everybody. It's Angie from Michigan. And I want to talk to you about the interactions I've had with people about the decision to hike this trail. Um... I've talked to a lot of people over the past year or more about my decision to do this, and it started pretty slowly. I didn't want to jeopardize, you know, any of my jobs, um, even by thinking about doing it. So, you know, I just I just told the people that were closest to me that it was something I wanted to do, and so you know, as I started to tell more and more people, um, it was interesting, the variety of responses I got. And fortunately, the majority of the people in my life are very supportive um, in different ways. Most people are just verbally supportive. They're excited for me. They want me to succeed. Uh, Some people are supportive simply by telling me they love me, but looking the other way because they're terrified for the experience I'm about to have. Um, I have spoken with people who are in awe, just truly in awe. I've spoken with people who don't have the slightest clue what I'm talking about. I've had people who think they know what I'm talking about. And then the more we talk, realize uh, just how large of an undertaking this is going to be. And I've had some people who I think don't really care. Um, And I've definitely had people who... um, I think, think they are caring for me by expressing concern. And I was really sensitive to that at first, and I found myself getting defensive and wanting to um, basically lay out my experience so that they understand that I'm not taking this lightly, and it's a major decision that I have thought through for a very long time. (laughs) And I realized that it didn't matter, it doesn't matter, and so... I learned to say thank you. And in some cases, some of those things that were really hard to hear were actually things that I needed to hear. And I even changed up my training routine based on something that was said to me that was difficult to hear at the time. And so I'm thankful for that. And, you know, on the days that it's kind of difficult, I just try to remember why this is important to me and why I'm doing it. And I don't have to say that to anybody. I've I've definitely realized in answering questions and talking to people and the various ways that I'm documenting this process for other people to hear that there are just some things that I need to keep for and to myself. And anybody that is thinking about doing something like this for the first time, and is listening to this and hearing all of our accounts of our first-time experiences, I think the best thing I could have done for myself when I was unsure was to connect with other people who were interested in doing this and other people who have done it. Um, 
Because everybody you're going to talk to is going to have an opinion. You're going to have an opinion. But at the end of the day, you have to do what's right for you. But yeah, that's what I wanted to talk about today was people. I'm, I'm really eager to get to know the people who are taking this leap with me. <laughs> um, and I'll be excited to talk about that. So um, yeah, so for real this time, I think the next time that we're going to be checking in is the night before trail. 65 days for me. So I'll see you then. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Hello everyone, this is Karthikeya Nadendla. Today I want to talk about romance. No, not the kind of romance you imagine, but my own personal wild fantasy. For all of you who don't know me, I was born and raised in a small city in India. Growing up, I was the only member in my family who watched Discovery and National Geographic channel all the time. Apart from satisfying the science nerd in me, subconsciously I also fed the adventure nerd as well. I was always fascinated by the wild remote places I saw in TV. Even though my exposure and knowledge growing up in India was limited, a desire to travel sprouted in my soul from an early age. That desire to travel and explore was a strong reason for me to get away from my home country and move to Canada for higher education. But up until a couple years ago, my desire was constrained by the mainstream idea planted in our own minds by the tourism industry. Just like everyone, I wanted to travel to new countries and meet new people. That was my only idea of adventure. Although there is nothing wrong to that, the more I thought about it, the more I realized it couldn't fulfill my soul. There was always some kind of emptiness, lack of meaning and direction in that mainstream dream. Right after my graduation, realizing my dream no longer fulfills me, I was lost within and without. I wasn't happy with the job I got. I no longer found joy in big cities, new cultures, fast fashion, and safety of civilization. Nothing felt happier. I felt so empty inside, and most of the time being surrounded by modern cars and big buildings, fake relationships, and so much materialistic things that emptiness only grew. I was attracted to conspiracy theories and hated everything and everyone in society. I became antisocial, basically. There was no joy in simple things anymore. There is no purpose in meeting new people anymore. I became extremely nihilistic with pessimism as well. I went too deep down the rabbit hole before I realized I was filling the void inside me with so much negativity and hatred. I no longer was able to express myself. I felt lonely and depressed most of the time. In such a time when I didn't know what to do with my own self, I turned to philosophy as a refuge. That's when I decided to find out the answer to the question, who am I? That's when I realized the importance to find one's passion. That's when I got really curious about my own self. That's when I went back to my own roots. That's when I started introspecting myself and analyzed my childhood fantasies and connected the dots, realizing it led to adventure. That's when I realized the importance of romance in life. So my journey through PCT 
is a hope to live my wild romantic fantasy of adventure and exploration far away from humanity in a way it puts me in touch with my own humanity for me that's a fantasy which provides an experience of being alive in the moment a physical and mental experience which resonates with my innermost being so that i can actually and truly truly feel the romance of being alive just me and myself alone that's the romance i'm talking about guys so if you if at all you find me on the trail hit me up come say hi let's get romantic this is kartikeya nadanla signing off And today I'm going to talk to you guys about the things that I am not looking forward to on the trail. Um, I feel like our first few episodes were very, you know, positive, which is great, but it was kind of all sunshines and rainbows. And that's not how life is on the trail is going to be. Um, there's going to be things that are really hard and that I do not like. So I think it's important to acknowledge those things. So I have a, a list of five things because I'm a list type person. Um, the first thing that I think I'm not going to look forward to is being dirty. Uh, the longest I've ever gone without taking a shower is four days. And that was in Alaska where I wasn't really sweating and I wasn't getting sandy or that dirty. And I was super ready to take a shower when I was done. So, um, you know, right now I'm very uncomfortable being that dirty. Um, this is kind of personal, but the other day my husband was kind of voicing his concerns and he was like, are you going to like, you know, meet someone and hook up with them in a tent or something? And I just like exploded laughing because I was like, you know, no, like you're so gross. I just can't even imagine. I mean, maybe there's people that do that, but I just, I can't even imagine because you're just so dirty. So I'm not looking forward to that. Um, the next thing I'm not looking forward to is eating crappy food. So I am not a health nut. I eat pizza and all the normal things, but especially during the week, I really try to stick to lean proteins, um, and vegetables and fruit. I don't really eat a lot of grains during the week. Uh, and I can tell when I eat crappy food that I feel crappy. And unfortunately, a lot of hiker food um, is not that nutrient dense. You know, it's stuff that's processed. And so I'm not looking forward to, I mean, I'm looking forward to eating that stuff. Don't get me wrong. Like all the Nutella is, that's all, you know, I'm just, I'm super excited about that, but I'm just not looking forward to the way my body feels when I don't eat well. So definitely going to try to find some balance regarding um, nutrition and just getting calories. Um, the next thing that I'm not looking forward to is the sun. I am terrified of the sun. It's probably the thing I'm most scared of when I'm outside because I'm a ginger. So my skin is like super pale white. Um, I do not tan. So it cracks me up when people are like, oh, you'll be fine. You know, in two weeks, you'll have a base tan and you won't even need sunscreen. Uh, no, that, that's not going to be me. So, I mean, I have leggings. I have a long sleeve shirt. I have a hat. I have a trekking umbrella. Uh, you know, I have sunscreen, but I still am just concerned that sunburn is going to be a constant issue. So not looking forward to that constant battle, especially, you know, in the desert on the PCT. Um, the next thing is a little deeper than that, than these first three. The next thing I'm not looking forward to is having to ask for help. I'm really uncomfortable asking for help. Um, I don't like asking for directions. I don't like asking people to help me. You know, I, I just, I guess I'm, I, I don't know. It's not a good thing. You know, it's not, I want to say that it's because I'm independent, but uh, that, you know, you can be independent and still be able to ask for help and that's how it should be. So, you know, it, when you're, 
when you're a through hiker, you know, you have to hitchhike. I mean, that's asking some, from, from someone for help. You have to rely on trail angels. You know, trail angels are awesome, but I don't want to have to ask someone, you know, for help. I don't want to have to accept trail magic, you know, and I'm sure I'll get over that really fast because I'll be so excited to see trail magic, but I'm really uncomfortable, you know, taking things for free um, and having people help me. So, you know, I think it's, you know, this is definitely something that I isn't good and I need to get better about. I need to have the humility to accept help when I need it because everyone needs help sometimes. Uh, so it, it's a good thing, but I'm definitely not comfortable with it. Um, the last thing that, uh, the, the fifth thing that I am definitely not looking forward to is I'm not looking forward to having these glorious moments, you know, that are just amazing and awe-inspiring, but constantly wishing that my family and friends were there. You know, I could see myself, like, I keep picturing myself on the top of, like, Forrester Pass, and all I can think about is, man, I wish Phil was here, my husband, or man, I wish my mom was here, or man, I wish my friend was here. And so, you know, it's going to be really hard for me because there's no way to describe these experiences to other people. So I want to share this experience, but it's really hard to do that. Um, I read the book and watched the movie um, Into the Wild, and one of the things that Chris McCandless said is that happiness is only real when it is shared. So, you know, here's a guy who is seeking solitude. Um, He ends up giving his life up to go out in the woods and be by himself. And the conclusion that he comes to is that real happiness is when we're around other people. So I definitely think that's very poignant. And um, I'm looking forward to, you know, I know I'm going to meet great people on the PCT and I'm looking forward to sharing cool experiences with them. But I do constantly think I will be, you know, wishing my loved ones from home were there. So um, that is all I have for you guys today. I'm looking forward to reporting next time to you from the trail. Um, See ya. This is Allison, uh, one half of the brother-sister PCT team. Um, Eric and I are once again recording separately, but I just wanted to give my take on a few of the things we were talking about this time. Um, Mostly, uh, I've gotten a lot of support from people. A lot of people um, are very excited about this journey uh, that that we're taking. And that's been really nice to have a lot of uh, support from people, friends, acquaintances, um, Instagram families, all of that sort of thing. Um, And most of my doubt has really just come from safety, but Eric and I have that document, which he talked about, and I think that alleviates a lot of that doubt that we've been having with safety. Um, And it really releases a lot of the uh, worry that we have so that we can just enjoy our hike and have a good time. So that's all I have this time. Um, Until next time. Bye guys. Hey, this is Eric calling in from Austin, Texas and part of the brother sister PCT team. Today I'm going to be talking about the balance between belief and doubt and how that affects the planning process. So those two things, belief and doubt, can come from either oneself or from other people. So once me and Allison started planning for this trail, from the get-go, we've had the belief that yes, we can make it from start to finish. Uh, The planning process would have been so much more difficult without that. Um, And with the belief that you could do, yeah, do the whole trail, is just like, pieces start falling in to the planning process. Like, yeah, 
we could plan on doing this in Oregon or yeah, part of this in Washington. And that helps put together a rough timeline and that helps put together like a better gear list, so on and so on. I mean, a lot of that we'll still have to figure out on the trail, I'm sure, but it is good to get those thoughts in your head too. With that being said, however, um, doubt does find a way to creep in every once in a while. And what I've personally found to ward off the doubt is simply just going back to my reason for being out there on the trail. Just like whatever it is, I've got boiled down to one or two sentences, just accessing that in my mind. And every single time I bring that to the forefront of my brain, the doubt kind of disappears. And also, I just really want to spend some time outside. (laughs) And the other component of this I want to talk about is belief and doubt from other people. So when I started announcing that I was going to do a thru-hike, I started getting a lot of questions. And once I started answering those questions of like what a thru-hike is, what the PCT actually is, and so on and so on, I got a wave of response from friends, colleagues, complete strangers I would randomly told, and which probably the most interesting responses. But I found that like either people are really supportive or they're not. They kind of have that doubt. And what I found is um, the people that are supportive really help the planning process really kind of help you keep a clear and light mind and help you focus on what's important. Uh, When I first started planning, people had started doubting it. Like, their doubt kind of crept into my mind. And I was like, wait, maybe they're right. But since then, I've learned to push that away because it really has no benefit to the planning process. It's kind of like the equivalent of carrying equipment that's way too heavy in your pack are way too bulky like just those negative thoughts have no room in getting prepared for the trail with that being said though however some of the doubt has come from concerns over our safety and i will say that allison and i have kind of spun this to be constructive so we have actually listed out all of our concerns safety-wise, and all of the other concerns that we feel legitimate that we've gotten from other people out in a spreadsheet. And what we have done is listed all these concerns and next to them have our response to it. So a specific example of that would be, um, what if we came across a stream crossing that's just like way too fast, way too many rapids for us to get across? Well, we have our response written out next to that So throughout the planning process, we don't have to keep going back and back to that worry. We could kind of just address it on paper and then we have an answer to it. And then once we get to that situation actually out on the trail, if it ever happens, uh, we have an answer to it. And we have so many items on our list from like rattlesnakes to snow in Washington to streams, like I mentioned, lightning and so on. So... There is a way to spin some of like the doubt or safety concerns into something constructive. And this might be a piece of paper we actually print out and take with us on the trail just to give us a little more like mental space not to worry as much about these things. All right. With that being said, my advice to people also planning a long hike is to carry the support from others with you. Um, 
Don't worry too much about doubt from others, unless if it could be spun into something constructive, like safety-wise. Other than that, I think we're both looking forward to getting out there. Our next recording, I believe, will be together uh, out in California for the first time, so that's pretty exciting. All right, till next time. Talk to you later. Hey everyone, it's Hasneem, and the days are counting down. It's almost time to start walking, and I'm excited, I'm anxious, I'm eager to start, but also thinking about what kind of person I'll be at the end of all this. I feel in some ways there's a divide between people who understand what I do and those who don't. So I think the reaction from my family has been 100% supportive. To be honest, much better than I thought from my parents. I thought they would completely freak out, but they didn't. So that really took a lot of weight off my shoulders. I mean, I'm a grown woman, right? But I love my parents. I care what they think. And just to have their full support really means a lot to me. And also my extended family. Everybody's been awesome. There's really been no one to say, you're crazy, you're, you shouldn't do this. So I think all of that has been better than expected. And so that's one thing I don't have to um, worry about while I'm on the trail. I do, like I said, think about what is going to happen when I come back. You know, will I be able to uh, ease back into my life as I knew it before? Or what kind of outlook I, will I have? And will anybody be around to relate to that? Uh, so I know I'll be part of a new community of through hikers, and we will share that bond. But in my day-to-day life, I'm already starting to think about how to uh, really come back into society. It sounds so strange to say it because I'm in it now, so uh, I can't really picture it. So is it too soon to start talking about post-trail depression if I haven't started hiking yet? I don't know, but with everything else done, mostly the preparation, the training that is ongoing, uh, the gear, all of that, I'm starting to think, what else can I be um, working on that could help me later? So uh, thinking about how to come back from the hike is, is one thing that I've been thinking about. And on a more practical matter, you know, health insurance, how to pay for it, um, you know, whether to get COBRA or some other type of health insurance, because I will be on unpaid leave. So... Just one more thing to think about. So another thing that I've been thinking and worrying about is the weather. Um, And in Southern California, it's been snowing in the mountains and raining. And that's good, right? I would want to be out in the snow training. And I um, I have been snowshoeing a couple of times. But unfortunately, I think the snow has been too much of a good thing in the mountains because a lot of the roads to get there are closed. So 
I am not able to go hiking and snowshoeing because I can't get there. So <laughs> I haven't been able to practice as much as I wanted to. I've been watching the Caltrans map and, and just, uh, you know, just looking for signs of roads opening so I can go and uh, hopefully do an overnight up in the mountains and just knowing that I'll be in snow. So I think uh, for the most part, uh, physically, I feel good. I've been trying to stay healthy, not get sick, not get injured um, so that I start um, the the PCT in as good shape as possible. So that's all for now, friends. I will come at you next time from uh, the trail or near the trail. So until then, we'll talk to you soon. Bye. everyone, this is Liam Pirtle, and I'm going to talk about a couple things today. The first thing being what I've sacrificed to do this through hike, and the second being the thing that I'm most scared of and I haven't really told a lot of people. Um, the things that I've sacrificed are, just a list of them, are a job with a lot of potential and a lot of growth, a summer in Chicago with my friends, and the third is kind of dramatic but a little bit like real, is like starting my life. Um, I just graduated college, so it's like, usually like kids get this job, they move out of their parents' homes, they start living with their friends, they start a community, they start their lives, their their early 20s, and I'm kind of taking a step back and a break from that to kind of do this through hikes, so I feel like I'm definitely kind of putting my life on pause, if you look at it like that, but I'm also looking at it as like, this is the start of my 20s, you know, this is the start of my life, and Yeah. So I'm excited about that, but it's also something I'm sacrificing of like the normal way I always thought my life would go in this direction of like, I'd work in corporate America, I'd work a communication shop, I'd get in marketing, I'd get in media, and then I would just like go from there. You know, I'd obviously bounce around different jobs for millennials, we don't stay for a long period of time, but yeah, I feel like I'm definitely putting my life that I always wanted and thought of on hold. And that's been a pretty, pretty intense thing. I see, I see all my coworkers and they like live in the city and they have all their friends and they like go out to drinks and like do all these amazing things after work. And it's like, they just like are living their lives. And like, I want that. And I know that that's going to be there for me at some point in my life, but just not yet. Just not yet. And the thing that I'm most scared of and that I like, I'm coming to terms with in like these last nine weeks before I leave is that not being physically fit enough um, and then not having the own self-will and self-motivation to get up every single morning and continue hiking and moving forward. We're going to wake up every single morning and you're going to have two decisions to make. One decision to make, what to eat, obviously, and then which way to walk. I'm either going to walk forwards, I'm either going to walk backwards. And I am so scared and nervous about having those days where I'm alone on the trail of being like, oh, hey, Liam, you have to put in a 25-mile day today. And I know my body's going to be trained, and I know that it's just going to get easier and easier and easier, but I am so scared of not being able to do it. And um, I feel like I live a very socially gluttonous life, meaning like 
I tell people in the bar when I'm slugging Miller Lights, I'm like, oh yeah, like I'm doing the PCT, I'm hiking from Mexico to Canada, and, and like everyone gives me like an up down, and they go like, this kid, and like that self doubt and that self hatred and this. Obviously, they're like so pumped for me, and then like when I had these encounters with people, they're like, oh my god, you're gonna do amazing. That's gonna be such an experience. But also in their heads, I see them being like, I don't think that kid can do it. And it's starting to get to me, I feel. And I'm nervous. I'm really nervous. I'm like really kicking it in the gym. I'm really testing my gear. I'm really just like, it's go time now. Crunch time is happening. And it's now. And it's time to like focus on me, check in with myself. And every moment and every day moving forward from this point on until I start walking needs to be hike through hike PCT centric. And that's what I'm going to do. And talking to you guys has really helped. And I know it's going to help on the trail a lot, but yeah, I'm just scared. I'm scared. I'm not going to be able to do it, but I'm going to try. I'm going to work my ass off. We should talk about it. Hit me up on Instagram at 50 shades of pale. That's five zero shades of pale. Your encouragement and you guys listening it's going to help a lot in your encouragement. Like people have already reached out and like slid into the DMS and like literally it warms, warms my freaking heart. And it's just like kind of a call and response, you know, people are responding and so happy to be here and I'm so nervous and so excited and I can't wait to take you guys along. Oh my God. I'm sitting on the floor of my bedroom, sweaty from the gym and, uh, now I'm gonna go to bed. Okay, bye. Hi, Backpacker Radio. It's Laura here. And today I am going to talk about the one thing that I've been most afraid to talk about with respect to my upcoming PCT through hike. And I have been reluctant to talk about my allergies so far, mostly because I didn't want to jinx it. But I thought it would be worthwhile to mention it in case there are other people out there with the same problems. And potentially someone might even be able to get in touch with me and give me some additional suggestions. So um, the deal is, is that I have something called idiopathic anaphylaxis, which basically means that I can just randomly get anaphylactic reactions for reasons that no one's really been able to figure out. Um, we've, I've been working with one of the best allergists um, in the province where I live, and we've narrowed down a few things that seem to be causing allergic reactions, but we haven't totally nailed it down. So the ones that are problems so far are oats, tree pollen, and especially birch pollen. Um, there seems to be a problem with cold. Um, I sometimes get hives when I go swimming in a really cold lake. And then once when I was getting a saline IV, they put in really cold saline for some reason, and I ended up having an anaphylactic reaction. Um, and those particular allergies are often exacerbated by exercise. So I can eat oats if I'm completely sedentary, but if I eat oats and then go for a walk, then I can have an anaphylactic reaction. 
so my allergist understandably was not initially very thrilled about the idea of me being in the woods for five or six months but he's since grown used to the idea and he's now really collaborating with me to help me get ready for the trip so for the last year I've been getting allergy shots to try to get my allergies under control Um, and then he's been working with me on the medication side of it One other thing, in case you're wondering, I have made sure to get excellent travel medical insurance, and I paid the extra amount to be able to allow for pre-existing conditions. And then I also will be carrying a Garmin uh, Explorer Mini um, inReach, and so I will also have the uh, search and rescue SOS function. So my plan is to bring a couple of EpiPens with me, Um, as well as, of course, lots of allergy pills. He's also giving me a prescription for steroids. And um, we're talking about him actually giving me a syringe and a vial of epinephrine because if I have a reaction in the wilderness and uh, search and rescue can't get to me, then I might need to be able to give myself further doses and I may not be able to have enough EpiPens with me. So he's even going to practice doing the self-injection with a syringe with me. So that's my plan. Um, I'm really feeling optimistic. I mean, really, who who on a through hike is going to be eating oatmeal or granola bars? And, you know, trees, I doubt there'll be many of them around. And, you know, getting cold, you know, just hope for nice weather. And exercise, well... Okay, I'm just going to really make sure I have my EpiPens close by me at all times. And I'm really hoping that my mom is not listening to this because this will not help her worrying. But I'm feeling okay about things. The allergist seems like he's on board. And, you know, if you have any other suggestions for me, please feel free to get in touch. You can reach me on Instagram at Laura Hiking. And wish me luck, folks. Thanks for listening. This is Laura signing out. What's up, Trekkers? Dosu here, and today I'm going to talk about the sacrifices that I've made in life to do this upcoming thru-hike and to be more sustainable in my love for adventure. Well, maybe I should call it more of like an addiction to adventure. If you've seen my Instagram, YouTube, or read my blog on the trek, you know that I'm a minimalist who dedicated his life to just adventure, and that's just kind of the way I live right now. Um, I've read a study conducted by the EPA, which states that Americans, on average, spend 90% of their time indoors. 90%. That's crazy to me. But when I look back to when I used to play video games and binge watch shows and movies, I totally get it. I feel like our bodies are programmed to seek the path of less resistance. We're programmed to lust for comfort, to eat high-calorie foods, to sit on a soft sofa in a climate-controlled room and still have our brains entertained. I mean, what are you doing right now while you're listening to this? What I have done to retrain my mind and my body is I've given up a lot of those things. I don't have furniture or a TV or a computer. I don't have a video game system anymore. I don't have trouble getting out of bed in the morning because I haven't had one since 2015. I don't have the option to stay and watch TV, so I go outside and I do more things. 
And every time I think about buying something frivolous, I do this equation in my head, where I take the cost of the item and divide it by how many hours I will have to work to pay for it. Then I ask myself, is it worth spending this many hours of my life that I will never get back on this item? I'm no mathematician, but if you make $20 an hour, you probably take home 16 And if you buy a $3,000 TV, that's like 187 hours of your life. If you were to work 32 hours a week, that's almost six weeks of your life gone. Not to mention the hours of your life you're going to spend wasted watching it. The phrase die with memories, not dreams, has stuck with me. I know many people who have put off embarking on a through hike, waiting for the time to be right, but it never seems to come. If you ask me, the time is right, right now. Just make it happen and live the dream. As an experienced through hiker, I can tell you that it's pretty much the most amazing thing you will ever do. Uh, it might be hard at first, but honestly, nothing's worse than having to come back from it. I'll end my rant here and encourage you that the next time you listen to this podcast, you go outside and put on some headphones and go for a walk. Even if you're in town, feel the air on your skin and see the beauty that's all around you that's simple and free. This is Dosu signing off to go for a walk myself. This is Sarah Duma. Where in the world is Carmen San Diego? And we are chatting about sacrifice. Sorry, my voice is so husky sounding, but I think I picked up the bug or the flu while I was overnighting in Cairo. Ugh, I've been long distance hiking and backpacking for the last one and a half years, and I'll probably spend another year or more doing it. The first reaction I get from people is usually, Ooh, you must be so lucky to be financially independent. Do you have a trust fund or a rich relative or did you win the lottery? Uh, no, luck had nothing to do with it. My current lifestyle exists because of very hard work and sacrifice. Anyone can do what I do if they're willing to surrender their current lifestyle and have the strength to fully commit. So, what are my personal sacrifices to living an exceptional and extraordinary lifestyle? Financial. I'm spending through my life savings, and when I'm ready to rejoin the workforce, it will be difficult due to the big gap on my resume. I don't own a house or a car or expensive toys. I, I've lived as a minimalist for years and picked up extra side hustles like mystery shopping. The only income I make is a teeny tiny amount for my YouTube video blogging that pays for a couple trail beers a month. Health. As a pulmonary embolism survivor, I should be taking blood thinners, but I'm putting my health in jeopardy because the bleeding risk in the wilderness is, t is just too high. Family. I've missed some important milestones, such as my brother's wedding, the birth of my niece, and countless holiday gatherings. Relationship. I'm spending very long stretches of time away from my partner. We've made it through long periods apart in the past, and we have an unconventional relationship that remains strong. I still miss him a lot, so much that it hurts sometimes. Other interests. I'm a huge nerd and attend science fiction conventions with homemade costumes. 
I've been absent from participating in events with the Battlestar Galactica fan group, the Colonial Fleet, and I really, really miss seeing those frackers. Other interests to the wayside include music concerts and film festivals. So financial, health, family, relationships, other interests, sacrificed. Is it worth it? The answer is absolutely yes. Even when I'm having the crappiest day on trail, I'm on an adventure, and it's way better than sitting at a cubicle. I'm not pursuing my dreams. I'm living my dreams of experiencing the most magnificent landscapes on earth, and I'm becoming my best self. I've been accused of being selfish on multiple occasions. The way I see it is it's selfish of others to ask me to sacrifice my passion to mitigate their opinions and fears. My love of long distance hiking isn't something that is flighty and and will pass in time. It's a deep yearning within me. It makes the most sense to take this huge chunk of time off now rather than try to squeeze it in with short trips with vacation time through keeping a regular nine to five job. Also, Nothing in the future is certain. Will I live to retirement age? Will the zombies take over by then? Who knows? No idea. But I can take control of my life now and live my dreams in this moment. Yes, it is I who ultimately bears responsibility for my choices. Hiram Smith once said, Sacrifice is giving up something good for something better. With through hiking, That better can mean becoming your best self, confidence to overcome unexpected challenges, and establishing a special connection with nature and the outdoors. So live long and prosper, so say we all. Sarah Duma out. Hey guys, this is Lucas, and I'll be finishing my coast-to-coast hike this year on the American Discovery Trail. Last year, I hiked from the coast of Delaware home to Iowa, and this year I'll be continuing all the way to San Francisco. I want to talk a little bit in depth more of why I'm doing this and how this choice has affected my life for both good and bad. There are definitely pros and cons, but I will say it's mostly pros. I mean, a long-distance hike is definitely a worthwhile experience, and I wouldn't trade that for anything. With that being said, I want to say something that not a lot of people always say up front. Uh, A long-distance hike is, it's a privileged thing to do. It's absolutely a privileged thing to take months off without work and go into the wilderness. Because I know not everyone has the opportunity, not everyone has resources, and not everyone is physically capable of walking 20 plus miles a day. Um, When I first started telling people about my idea to walk across the country, I got a few eye rolls and people, some people would say things like, oh, I wish I could take a couple months off from my job and go on vacation. Or I wish I could do that, but I have kids. I have too many bills. I'm too old. And I get it. Not everyone is able to do it. But here's the kicker. Not, Not everyone wants to either. And there's a good reason for that. It's simply not for everyone. It's something that personally brings a lot of clarity and you know positive influence to my life. But to others, they might be miserable the whole time if they were to attempt it. And there's nothing wrong with that. 
but I want to clarify the difference between a long distance hike and a vacation because it's certainly not a vacation. A long distance hike means getting caught in storms on a regular basis. It means getting more bug bites than you have ever had in your life. I, in fact, still have scars from some of those bites. Um, it means sometimes your only shower in a week is going to be just washing yourself off in the sink of a McDonald's bathroom. And things you used to take for granted, like toilet paper or just a plastic spoon and knife, they become very valuable. Um, that's not to say something like this is just a god-awful experience. I mean, you also get this amazing feeling of being in control of your life and pushing yourself to new limits while experiencing the country in a completely different way. Um, but you have to wonder why there's such a high dropout rate to thru-hikers. A lot of people say they're going to hike a whole trail, but sadly not all of them do. And that's because it's not always easy. Um, like I was saying earlier, it's absolutely privileged. You have to save up money, you have to be somewhat financially stable, or at least be able to afford food. You have to take care of any responsibilities back home, or that will bite you in the butt. But that being said, people drop out a lot. And, you know, when it comes to vacation, I never hear of a family going to Disneyland for a week. And then they come home early and say, yeah, it was just too hard. Lines were too long. We quit. Well, that's because this isn't a vacation. You know, don't get me wrong. I absolutely love the hike. I can't even describe what the first 1,500 miles has done for my outlook in life. But um, it's not the easy things that help us grow as people. It's the challenges. It's the blisters. It's it's when your entire body aches after you hike up a mountain and you can look across and see how far you've come. That's how you grow. And a vacation is absolutely worthwhile and good for your soul, too. You can definitely grow from that, too. I'm not trying to say a through hike is better, but, you know, I think traveling in general is a great thing no matter how you do it. But I think there is a clear distinction when it comes to a through hike. It's a different ball game. You, you plan for a vacation, but a long-distance hike, you can't really plan for that. It's more of something that you just kind of brace yourself for, and that's where the real beauty is. But getting on the trail is just the beginning of the battle. You have to be able to roll with the punches or you'll get burnt out. One of the hardest things for me um, was being away from my girlfriend. And, you know, being away from your significant other for months is not easy. Like any relationship, you have to work at it. I mean, it's it's a whole challenge on its own. And it's going to be very difficult to leave again to finish my hike. But I think anyone that's been through something similar knows that once the trail calls, you can't ignore it, and the right person is going to support your passion. Um, anyway, I hope that's given some insight, and we will see how the rest of the trail goes this year. If you enjoy the show and want to help out, you can do so by leaving a review on iTunes and sharing this podcast with family, friends, enemies, and people who chew with their mouths open. Also, be sure to subscribe to ensure you don't miss future episodes. Today's show was edited by our guy and all-around renaissance man, Pauly Boy Shawcross, who is also the creator of the Sick Beats. You can keep up with the show on Instagram, at Trail Correspondence, on Twitter, at ThruHikerPod, and on Facebook, at Facebook.com slash Trail Correspondence. You can also get a hold of us via email at podcast at the Signing off for now. 
happy hiking. <laughs>